How is everybody doing? Welcome to the eighth episode of season two of the Throw It Deep podcast, our final division preview. We are so close to the start of NFL football season, less than two weeks away. And uh, well, what a day we picked here on uh, Tuesday, August 31st, if I'm not mistaken, to, uh, to do an AFC East preview. Yeah, uh, it, it worked out uh, very well for us waiting last to do the AFC East. Uh, we're sitting nine days from the NFL season, and a lot of news came out today. Yeah, so, you know, it's funny because when we recorded NFC East, which isn't out to this point either yet, when we recorded the NFC East the other night, and we were only only had time to get in one, so we were like, which, uh, should we record AFC or NFC East first? So we were like, ah, I guess NFC, just in case something wacky happens with the Patriots quarterback situation and Mac Jones. I'll be honest, when I said that, I still didn't, you know, I still didn't really expect anything like what happened today. But, wow. Yeah. Uh, Mac Jones is the starter. And Cam Newton is unemployed. Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll start off with this. Uh Obviously, there's quite a bit to get into surrounding the whole situation, but I do want to say, you know, as someone who has criticized Cam Newton pretty much the entire year that he's been on the Patriots, I'm talking calendar year, not not even just one season, uh, as someone who has been a naysayer of Cam and someone who obviously wanted Mac Jones to win this job, even though I didn't think it was a possibility, I, I, I do want to say thank you to Cam for what he's provided the team over the past year, which on the field, I'm, we're just being honest, it's not much, but obviously the entire locker room loved him. The entire coaching staff loved him. Belichick especially seemed to take a strong liking to Cam Newton. Uh, you know, the, the narrative of coming in that Cam Newton is a bad teammate, I think he, he kind of did a damn good job of proving that wrong. Uh, Cam Newton is a great teammate. He supports his guys. And, you know, I, and I really do think he gave it all he had. And uh, obviously it wasn't enough. But I, I do believe that Cam Newton gave it all he had. He's one of the harder workers in the league. He seems like a, a genuinely good guy. So I wish him nothing but the best. Obviously, it's it's time to move on. But uh, in terms of this uh, breakup, if you want to call it that, between Cam Newton and the Patriots, I, I, as a fan, I, I leave on no no poor terms with with Cam Newton. He, he just he wasn't going to be the guy. It is what it is. But I do, again, uh, appreciate and respect everything he, he brought to New England over the past calendar year. Well, what do you think about the whole uh, move to cut him? I mean, uh, uh, without naming Mac Jones a starter, they just went out and cut him and actually cut Brian Hoyer. You mentioned that right, right before we started recording about 15 minutes ago. Yeah, they just cut Brian Hoyer now. I, I think it's a so Mac Jones because Jared Stidham has had a shoulder surgery, shoulder surgery. So quite literally, Mac Jones is the only healthy quarterback on the roster as of this moment. I do think it's the type of situation where they're going to bring Hoyer back like two days from now once he clears waivers. Be interesting if like the Dolphins wanted to pull a power move and just sign Brian Hoyer, try to get some information. But unless it was something like that, I do think Brian Hoyer will be back in a couple days if he's not Jacoby Myers is the backup quarterback headed into week one so you know they're gonna bring in someone but yeah I mean you asked about the move to to release Cam rather than keeping him on as a backup now myself and I'm sure Bill Belichick as well would have been more than willing and more than uh, very happy to have Cam stay on the roster as a backup even throw him on the field in some in, in certain packages designed for for him to, to be able to succeed running the ball or, you know, it's, he's a better, he's a better passer than, than the backup quarterback on a roster right now who would be Jacoby Myers. So again, you know, 
I would, I would have been fully for keeping Cam in a backup, you know, not quite a Taysom Hill type role. Cause I wouldn't want him on the field that much, but you know, a, a, a funky, maybe, maybe like a Tim Tebow on the jets kind of role <laughs> for, for, you know, I would have been totally fine with that. And I think the team would have been fine with that. Belichick would have been fine with that, but, and I think, I think that if, uh, if Cam were fine with that, he, he would have, he would still be on the roster right now. And we still wouldn't know who the starting quarterback week one is. But I, what I think probably happened is that Belichick and sat down Cam Newton said, listen, I think what's best for the team, what's what, what gives us the best chance to win games right now is to start Mac Jones. So I, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm offering you the backup role, job. You can stay and uh, maybe we'll get you on the field in some packages, or if you want, I'll release you. And I think Cam probably, I, I do think Cam still some, I, don't think he is, but I think Cam still believes that he's one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. So with that being said, I, I, I think Belichick probably gave him the option and Cam probably said, you know what, man, like uh, cut me. I'll uh, maybe I'll find another job. Maybe I won't. But what's be what'd be interesting is if uh, in, you know, God forbid, but in the most hypothetical world, if Mac Jones were to get hurt during the season and uh, Cam Newton were still a free agent, and I, I would think they'd probably try to bring back Cam Newton. Yeah, I mean, he knows him and all that. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, your assessment there is probably what, what had happened. I, I don't know. I think, I, again, there's been the kind of documented the whole thing that uh, Bill and Cam are uh, the oddball uh, couple. They're, apparently, they've hit it off pretty well. I, I don't think it was like a, hey, see ya. It was definitely a conversation where it was, hey, I uh, we think we're going to go with Mac and you can either stick around or if you think you want, can get a job somewhere else in the league, maybe a, maybe a Houston. Um, I think I read on Twitter today, people were saying, like, look at Denver's quarterback room. Like, is Teddy Bridgewater that much better than Cam Newton? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he could probably find some work in the league somewhere. I also saw Dallas as a backup situation. They did just cut Garrett Gilbert. and um, no, That's what doesn't, make any, and the new chief. That's what doesn't make any sense because, like, yeah, I agree. Know. I don't think he's clearly he's not willing to take a because if he was going to take a backup job, I think Cam loves it in New England or loved it rather. Uh, so like if he was going to be willing to take a backup job, I think he'd still be on the roster. I agree. Oh, I mean, like, is it what Houston or bust for Cam? I guess. And I, 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 don't, I don't know. I think going into even last season, people were wondering about if he was going to play at all. Cause um, if, I'm sure you do remember because you're a fan, but. Um, you guys picked him up like a month before the season. It wasn't like he was on the roster the entire offseason. He was pretty much teamless. So I think we might be going to a situation where he might be teamless. And um, it's, uh, it's sad to see because uh, very recently Cam Newton's been, you know, one of those guys. But I think he could be on a team if he wanted to be on a team. But if he's not starting, he doesn't he, he doesn't want to. And, you know, that's the competitor. Huh? Like, I can understand that. At the same time, no, no one's giving Cam Newton a starting job at, at, at this point in his career. So no, especially, have. you know, especially literally nine days before the season. Yes. He, we, he signed very late in new England last year when it looked like Jared Stidham was going to be the starter, but that was still probably three weeks before right now. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think it was a good, like four weeks before the season. No, we didn't have a preseason. So it was a little, yeah, it's a little bit harder to, to remember exactly the offseason calendar from last year. But, yeah, I mean, is he going to retire? I think he'll test the waters and then probably retire if nothing works out. Yeah. Like I, I mean, like I said, I, I, I do think in a, in a knock on wood in a Mac gets hurt situation, uh, 
and Cam was available, I, I, there's no one else I'd rather bring in. I'd rather, I'd rather bring Cam Newton back midseason than, than be starting Brian Hoyer. And uh, so at that point, great. But I also, I also do think that, I, and I don't think at all that this was a factor in releasing Cam, but I do like the move to release him in that, you're all in on Mac now. Like even if Mac confidence booster, right? I, I see what you're saying there. It's a little bit of a confidence booster for Mac. It's like, you know, you could come we out with you in the first round, not because, you know, like you are our first round quarterback future, whatever whole thing. I mean, you can come out, you can come out and throw, you can throw three picks in the first half against the dolphins. And you know, he's not getting benched for Brian Hoyer. So like, I, I do think there, there's something to be said about n- making Mac know that he's, their guy and I mean, uh that's such an interesting that, game by the way who mac versus tua week one uh you know i mean we'll get we'll we'll save the direct preview for for when we talk about week one but yeah i mean now uh, now it's guaranteed again barring injury mac versus tua twice a year for hopefully the next next many years but yeah i mean that that was today's news i mean, like you know i could have talked about the afc east for an hour even before that so so yeah, yeah. I guess you want to you want to get straight into the new the, the, the now New England Patriots because Cam Newton is no longer a Patriot, so we can get into the New England. Yeah, Patriots. So I, you know, I it's only been today that I've had to to think about the outlook of of the New England Patriots going forward with with Mac Jones as our quarterback, but I don't think it dramatically changes uh, like a win total prediction uh, for on my end. A little bit for me, you know. I think Here's Cam Newton was just very, very. Cam was so bad last so year. So bad, and and I and really stoned so much. Like like uh, I, this to me may may alter some uh, positioning in this division. See, I like. It's interesting to hear you say that, but I I just have to think that Cam was gonna be at least a good margin better in 2021 if if he were to have won the job than he was in 20. I mean, maybe not. He didn't win the job, but I mean, even even in the uh, even in the Washington preseason game, it just, it just seemed like he was more comfortable in the pocket. His throws were pretty crisp. He was really throwing that throwing the light side of the ball and just kind of kind of whipping it. But uh, I don't know. I, like if you had asked me two weeks ago, I would have probably predicted roughly nine and eight, ten and seven for the Patriots. Uh, and and I think I'm kind of still there. The other thing is that that we didn't mention news news from today. Uh, that's actually pretty huge and a little bit devastating news is that Stefan Gilmore is going to be starting the year on the physically unable to perform list, meaning he has to miss at least the first six games. Now it's funny because he was, you know, kind of all off season. It was this uh, discussion of Stefan Gilmore. He wasn't like, you know, was, he wasn't holding out or anything like that. He wanted, he wanted a, uh, a restructured deal, but you know, he was doing what he would do. And then now he's only going to be playing 11 games this year. And it looks like he's going to be playing on the same deal. I, I don't think they're, I don't think they're revising it at this point. So, you know, for him to play 11 games, making whatever, I, I it seems a little bit more fair now that, uh, that Gilmore's not getting compensated like a, like a true top three corner in the league due to the fact, I mean, he's only going to play 11 games this year and that's best case scenario. You know, he can't, he's not eligible to return until week seven at this point, which, uh, which changes things a little bit because it, it, it definitely does. But I will say, cause we're definitely going to get into the, uh, where'd you like litany of, um, players you guys have brought in 
Um, as an Eagles fan, I love Jalen Mills, and I, and I do think he, I do think he's a. I mean, JC Jackson had a great year last year, so um, he's definitely your uh, you know cornerback one. But I think Jalen Mills is definitely capable of playing that cornerback two role, especially in between the twenties. Uh, not in not in the open field. I'm talking in, in the red zone. He can he can play a small field very well. I think um, two occasions where he shut down Julio Jones in the red zone multiple times. One in the playoffs, um, I was there. Um, so Jalen Mills definitely has is, is a big addition for you guys, especially now with uh, Stephon Gilmore on the sideline for at least a third of the season, just about. Yeah, and uh, another another trade they made this past week was they acquired uh, Ravens rookie Ohio State corner Sean Wade for uh, a fifth and a sixth. So it was some late round compensation. I definitely can't exactly. making more sense now that I that, that Which, was- you know obviously uh, Belichick is probably known for a couple weeks now that Gilmore was going to be available to start the season. So that clear that makes things a little bit more clear in terms of why they why they wanted to add some corner depth. Here's my thing with J.C. Jackson. Yes, he did have a great season last year. Uh, he had a he had a very good season last year. His issue. And he has remarkable ball skills. I mean, you saw you saw the fact that he was second in the league to only to Xavier Howard, I think, in, inter- in interceptions last year. He goes up and gets it when it's thrown at him. But he's he's kind of Gilmore was out quite a bit. It's the same lingering injury now, the quad injury that that's going to keep him out for the start of this season as the, the end of last season. And uh, J.C. Jackson's, I guess, auditions as as a top corner, if you want to call him that. Um, they weren't great. Uh, he he got he got torched kind of quite a bit, uh, and I don't. Keep in mind, he is a third year undrafted player, uh, you know, and he, he's going to continue to get better. And he, obviously, he's shown a ton already. But I don't I don't know if I believe in J C Jackson quite as the that true CB one. I, I think he's perfect in our system. I think he's an elite cornerback too, opposite of Stephon uh, opposite of Stephon Gilmore, but. The confidence in the secondary takes, for me, takes a huge, huge hit when J.C. Jackson is the first corner instead of Gilmore. J.C. Jackson, unless he has just a straight bad year this year, again, more auditions for him uh, through the first six games. Unless he has a bad year, someone's going to pay him. He's a a free agent after next year. I don't believe it'll be New England. We'll see what happens. But someone's going to pay him like a CB1, and I just don't really think he's that, or at least he's not that yet. I mean, he could grow into it, but uh, JC J Gilmore being out is is a killer for the first six weeks. Uh, on the on the he's just so key to so much that that they do in the second. I will say, I think that a, a more formidable pass rush will mitigate that a little bit. Uh, you know, they didn't they struggled that quite a bit last year, and they went out and spent a lot of money to fix it. But I don't know. Uh, like the, the Gilmore thing was, was a big damper on, on, on an otherwise overwhelmingly happy day. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of uh, good news and bad news today in uh Patriot stage, but we'll switch back over to the offense for a second. Um, how do you feel about this offense, this, this offense this year, you know, it's the whole thing. I'll tell you what, I feel a lot better. About, I feel a lot better about it today than I did yesterday. I mean, Max, Max, got it he he, he, he's the real deal uh you know i i I was i was convinced enough in the preseason that that he is the guy of the future you know i wasn't gonna sit here and say oh my god he's gonna win super bowls and be a hall of fame quarterback but i was convinced this preseason that mac jones can at the very least be a solid nfl quarterback and a solid in a very solid new england patriots quarterback in this system i'm i i'm fully on i was fully on board with that already now obviously belichick is as well 
and I don't like, it's just a completely different offense from what we saw last year. Obviously, obviously at the quarterback position, but Give me a you, personnel all around. I mean, you, they had, you know, and I've said this time and time again on this show, you know, this is, I think, a big reason for the lack of success for Cam Newton in the passing game. They had the least productive tight end group in the history of the National Football League last year. They just got every single week from the group of Matt Lacoste and Ryan Izzo, just absolutely nothing. And then what do they say about tight ends? Tight ends are a young quarterback's best friend. And uh, Belichick went out this offseason and signed two damn good ones in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, I'm, you know, I, he, it was banged up a little bit. Actually, Johnny got hurt as well, but he returned to uh, to practice. I'm not sure exactly what the status of Hunter Henry is. He didn't play at all in the preseason, uh, but I, I'm hoping he's going to be ready for week one. But, yeah, I mean, it, I don't want to say shades of, of Gronk and Hernandez because I don't think you'll ever see – I don't think you'll ever see that. But it was it's almost like Belichick, like, went out and – tried to recreate that as best as he possibly could. I, obviously that's like, you know, right. it's crazy to, it's crazy to sit here and say that they're going to be as, as ridiculous or productive. Yeah. Unfortunate. I, I don't want to get into a whole <laughs> side tangent here, but yeah, I mean, it, it's almost, they're, they're, they're pretty similar guys in that. And at least for Henry and, and Gronkowski in terms of being, uh, being that big red zone threat, and then Johnu, Johnu's fast as hell, man. I like, uh, I, I really like, I think you're going to see some wacky stuff with Johnu Smith in this offense. I, you know, you saw even once in the preseason, he got a handoff. I, I think, I think they're going to tool around with him a lot. I think he's a, he's a young, smart player that big, big reason why Belichick signed him is, is his, uh, I guess you want to call it Swiss army knifeness. Uh, you can, he can kind of play multiple. He's a decent blocker too. And that's really what, what Belichick looks for in, and any guy that he drafts or signs really is, is versatility and kind of ability to do multiple things is so huge in new England. And John Smith does a really good job of that. Not to mention that. And that, so that's the biggest, the biggest thing that's going to be different about, about this offense in 2021, because again, if we, even if we can keep one of those guys on the field, it's going to be more productive than, than what we had in 2020. Just, I mean, you did draft, you drafted last year, Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi. Dalton Keene, I think had one catch on the year. Devin Asiasi maybe had three, uh, you know, and I'm fine with Asiasi as a, as a third tight end on the team now behind uh, Smith and Henry, especially when, you know, Henry's kind of had bad luck injury wise and whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to bring in uh to bring in a, a John U. Smith and a Hunter Henry, I, I, I really do think changes kind of everything they're going to be able to do on offense. Obviously, you now take out the threat of, of a rushing quarterback, but that being said, I, I, I still do think they're going to be a more run-first team just because I think they have one a top three offensive line in the league, I think, when healthy. I, I, I really do feel very good about where the offensive line is at headed into 2021, not to mention the fact that they have one of the deepest running back rooms in the, in the league, even after trading Sony Michelle, which, by the way, absolutely thrilled about that. That's a great trade. And also, it allows you to give uh, a young guy out of Oklahoma, Ramondre Stevenson, who fans have loved. And if you look yeah. at him, a lot of people say he's a little bit like a LeGarrette Blunt, but then at the same time, he's a little more agile. I like him a lot. I think he's going to get a lot of touches in this offense. Second year, Damian Harris is going to do really well. You haven't mentioned it yet, but I mean, give some love to my guy, Nelson Aguilar. I think he's going to have a big one. He was, he, was, he was coming. He was coming. Good. He, uh, 
I mean, you, you, you brought up Ramondre Stevenson. So I, so I gotta, I gotta bring up this guy just because I think he's a, he's a little bit of an afterthought for most people in this running back room, but remember the name JJ Taylor, man. Uh, he was an undrafted guy last year out of Arizona that made the roster, uh, after being under, he got, you know, probably 20 touches the entire season, something like that. But it seemed like every time he had the ball in his hand, he did something with it. It's like five foot seven. He's a, he's a really good pass catcher and he's been spectacular this preseason as well. I think that, you know, all four guys in uh, Damian Harris, James White, Ramondre Stevenson and JJ Taylor kind of bring a different element to the table. And I think they're going to find a way to use all four. Cause like I said, I think this is, even even with the the move to start Mac Jones at quarterback, I think this team's identity on offense is going to be to run the ball and run the ball hard and often. And so I, I just think having four supremely – I mean, you got a game plan for four running backs because I think four running backs are going to be used in this offense. And I think it's going to be a little bit different than four running running backs used last year. I, th- I think you got four guys a lot of time. I don't know much about J.J. Taylor, I'll be honest with you, but the three Remember guys – Remember that you, – you'll know his name by the end right. of the year. I'm right. so confident he's going to be a key contributor for this team. I love it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you brought it – so you brought up Nelson Aguilar as well. So Kendrick they, Bourne, they, don't forget, as well. You bring in Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Still have Jacoby Myers, from, who was our most productive receiver last year. I still believe he's the best receiver on this roster. Jacoby I disagree Myers. wholeheartedly. We'll see what happens with Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar, dude. If he could fix his drop problem, he's got serious talent. Don't forget what he did in the Super Bowl. Nelson yeah, Aguilar is a, an animal. I, I I think last year was an opportunity for him in Oakland to get to get um I don't know, kind of get the skeletons out of his closet. I think he played um, for the minimum last year too. He did he played for the so minimum last that, year? Yeah. I said I, I said you know what he might have a good year. And I, I, I think maybe just by like, you know, watching red zone and seeing, you know, his big plays maybe amplified what he did do last year. But I think if you gave him a bigger role and kind of trusted him, I mean, it, Philly fans really were not, we're not, we're not, we're not easy on that guy. And I, 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 I think, rightfully so. I mean, it's kind of a similar yeah. situation with, uh, with Nikhil Harry. Yes. Nikhil Harry is still on the roster. I can't, I didn't see that. I don't think they quick, put him on the r- real quick, itself. real quick, real quick off topic. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is still an eagle. We made our 53-man roster cut today. Travis Fulgham and John Hightower got cut. I saw that. Um, what's up with that? What's up with that? Apparently, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside plays special teams, but it's like, dude, come on. Like, 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 like coach up Fulgham for a few days in practice and have him run down on a kickoff. Yeah, Fulgham, I mean, Fulgham did some some all right things last year in, in an offense that was just putrid, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and, and I only bring that up because uh, it's sometimes roster cuts. I I, I do think GMs um, when you when you talk about Nikhil Harry, and I don't think Nikhil Harry. I mean, when you look at this wide receiver room, I feel like you can keep him on as a four or a five. But I feel like coaches kind of it's, it might be even coaches or GMs might be even a little bit of an ego thing where you keep the guys you draft. Yeah, absolutely. Because like you don't I, want to give up. Belichick would be, I think, would be very hesitant to cut Nikhil. Harris. I mean, it's not even like we have a super deep receiver. I like Nikhil Harris worthy of being the fourth receiver on this roster. I have no problem with that. But uh, that being said, I mean, you brought you said Nelson Aguilar. I, I I think Nelson Aguilar can can shine this year absolutely, and and I, and I do think he'll be productive. I I'd be pretty happy with you know. 850, 900 yards, roughly. I think, I think he's easily the most talented uh, receiver on this offense. Talented. 
I don't know. Like Jacoby Myers has been just damn reliable in his. And that's another undrafted guy, by the way. I, I, I can't say enough about Belichick getting finding late round and undrafted talent. I could talk about that all day, and I won't because I will. But yeah, you know, like uh, that, that's another guy who he, who he found who he's gotten production out of undrafted. So yeah, I mean, I do feel pretty good about this where where this offense is at. I. I it was horrendous in 2020. It, it'll definitely be way, way better to watch this year. Um, obviously, obviously they kind of, you know. Especially with McAvell. I think that, uh, again, I keep I said that week one game before. I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. I know. I mean, keep in mind the fact that in 2019, Brady's last year, uh, they they were winning games on the backs of the defense, really. I, the offense was was not good. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's Brady's fault, I, I, I think. The again, the same thing, least productive uh, tight end group in in league history over those two years. And they were winning heels on uh, they're winning games kind of on the heels of the best defense in the league, or at least turnover and points wise, the best defense in the league. And kind of they they definitely took a major step back in 2020. And I think 2021, you're going to kind of see a return to, to the Patriots playing elite defense. You bring it, you spend a lot of money to bring in Matt Judon on that edge who for I mean it's going to be critical for them to have a decent pass rush especially the first six games when when the secondary is kind of a little bit shaky without Stefan Gilmore so I do feel really really good about the money they spent on defense especially Matt Judon and then you bring in a guy like Devon Davon Godshaw from Miami to stop the run Henry Anderson from the Jets another another big run stop or something they got gashed with every week but it seemed like every team they played was running the ball down their throats they couldn't stop anything so i i i feel really i i think i think you're looking at a top 10 defense here yeah i i would agree and i remember before last season a lot of players uh backed out or um opted out um just off the top of my head i can't really remember but i'm sure you do who is back that was an opt-out i believe dante, dante hightower obviously is the big one that I can um, think of. on defense uh I think Chung opted out as well, but he's, he's not not on the team anymore. Regardless, um, it you know honestly the the narrative of of opt outs was affecting them so so severely was a little bit overblown. Uh, on defense, Hightower, you know he's the quarterback of the defense. So right. he's he's well, I, obviously have him back, of course. He's getting up there in age and whatever, but that that presence to even to call signals is invaluable you had Jawan bentley calling signals for for the defense last year who no disrespect to him he's just not he's just not that guy and uh so for for hightower to be back i think is completely invaluable. you know and hope i'm hoping he's going to be fresh and, and ready to go he you know in 2019 he was great and he was great but not quite the same player he had been in the previous like seven years before that and i'm hoping maybe uh maybe he got rejuvenated a little bit on a on a year off and and he's going to be ready to go again but yeah i i'm just excited to watch this team play football man we've we've already spent almost 30 minutes talking about him but <laughs> yeah um you want to move on or you got anything more to say i'm sure we'll get back to that i mean uh, we'll 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 say i mean any anything else is just going to be record prediction redundant we they did cut nick folk by the way uh today as well so a new kicker uh, yeah, so their new kicker is uh, Quinn Nordine from Michigan, uh, rookie who missed uh, 
like four, three extra points this preseason. Yeah, um, I, um, I, I, mean, I, I, I have a couple leg. Patriots fans who live downstairs who are not very fond of him. So uh. I, I, I kind of have been saying for over a week, like, why hasn't Quinn Nordine been cut yet? This is Nick Folk's job to win kicking. I, I don't want to spend a huge aside here talking about the Patriots kicker. We'll, we'll talk about it maybe during the season if it starts to be a problem. Well, hopefully not, though, because I think um, yeah, I, it, here's an analogy I make for life. It's like when things work, you just don't complain about them. The Wi-Fi, uh, you know, um, the, the, the dishwasher's working fine. The stove's working fine. You don't complain about it. You don't say anything about it until it stops working. I think kickers are one of those things. Yeah, they're, that, uh, the kickers are like your household appliance that, right. like, it's just, you know, you want it to be, you know, some of them can, you know, the Jake Elliott's of the world sometimes can leak uh, soapy water all over your floor. But, you know, that's when you can play. <laughs> It's a good analogy. I like it. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, if we don't move on, I'll, I'll spend another hour talking about the Patriots. So Where you want to go now? I mean, la- last thing on them, I, I'm, I'm just supremely excited. Uh, Mac is going to continue to be my quarterback and I couldn't be happier about it, but we'll, uh, uh, yeah. You, why don't you pick the next team? We'll pick the best team in this division so we can talk we're, about we're, someone we're, who's we're, better than y'all. We just talked about the best team. No, we this. didn't. The Buffalo <laughs> damn bills. We're probably the second best team in the AFC and don't change much over this year. We can start with the bills. All righty. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I think the one thing the they're going to win. They're, the they're going to win the division. I think the one thing that it's not a, it's not a roster change, but it's going to be a big change in this offense is the fact that I believe Zach Moss is going to take over that RB one role, and I think that gives. And, and I think a lot of people are going to say, well, the, the Bills don't really use a running back. I think it's going to give Josh Allen another weapon to kind of dump it off to, and he could also go out wide. I'm really excited to see Zach Moss in this offense. Brought in um, Matt Breda as well. Yeah, it's a, I, I actually just, did just look at that. It's an interesting um, acquisition there. Uh, I, I I don't know. I think the, I think the Bills, um, simply put, are just kind of kind of build off of what they have what they had before. Uh, they were awesome last year, like absolutely awesome. I like. There really isn't much to say though. They're they're, they're like pretty much the same team, and it, it kind of twenty twenty was uh, such a. Such like a triumphant year for, but obviously, you know, you, you would have rather beaten Tom Brady for the previous 20 years, but you know, you finally get rid of Tom Brady. You finally get the, get the chance to be the, the Kings of the division. If you, if you want to call them that. And I, I, I think they're probably pretty hungry to do it again. I mean, that had to be so liberating for the fans in Buffalo. Oh to, yeah. To- Win the division in 2020, and I, I, you know, division rival, whatever. I, I really don't have anything negative to say about the Buffalo Bills as a Patriots. I think I, I think you might start to feel a little negative towards them over the next few years that you're going to be competing with them. I, well, I, I, I do want to yeah. say, I, yeah, I, 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 I do a legitimate say, rival right now. Yeah, n- n- now it's it's game on now. Um, I do want to say one thing about just Josh Allen. Um, so, so yeah, I go to school at Syracuse. Um, he is a like hero here. He is like. I mean, he's got his own cereal, um, Labatt's, the beer company. They have um, QB1 seltzer. Like, he is an absolute hero up here. It's, it's um, like, he's the best thing since Jim Kelly up here. If, like, like same time. Because well, he, li- he literally is the best thing since Jim He literally Kelly. is the best thing since Jim Kelly that's happened in Buffalo. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I love to see him succeed. He got that big money move. Um, I, I do think. What do you think bad. about the deal? That, 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 that's a good place to start. 
Um, I, I think a lot of people thought it was a lot. And here's the thing. There's, there's, there's two things you just don't mess around with in football, and it's your coach and it's your quarterback. It's like, who else is going to be making that money on your team? Or you, you think, oh, maybe, you know, we might be looking for another quarterback. No, this is your guy for the next 10, 15 years. So it's like you, 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 you got to pay the piper. I, I didn't really understand why people were questioning that. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of guaranteed money, but what are you supposed to do? Like lowball your your franchise? Hero? Right. Your, I, I, I'm not even. He's not even a franchise quarterback. You're gonna lowball your city's hero? Yeah, literally. The, like Buffalo is not the best place in the world. I I I, I mean, this guy is the city's hero. Like seriously. So, so like, um, I I, 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 I do. I, what exactly? I, I don't even. I can't remember what uh, what were the terms. I, I know it was like a ton a lot of, of money. A lot of money yes. and a lot of guarantee. It was six years, two hundred fifty-eight. With uh, a, it was a guarantee of like one fifty something, if I'm remembering. And that's so, kind of. But, I mean, that is still a notch below Mahomes' deal because that's ten over. It was a few notches below Mahomes. And yeah. for my money, you know, say what you want. I I think Josh Allen is the second best quarterback in football. I really wow, do. I don't think so. Yeah, you put. I mean, if you want to put Rodgers ahead of him too, fine, fine. I but, I, I I do put Aaron Rodgers ahead of him. That's fine. I mean, that's fine, but I, I don't think you can fairly rank him outside the top three. Here's something that, okay, I'll kind of agree with you on this. He's the second most valuable quarterback in football right now. Okay. I will. And, and, and I say that because you give him that deal. That's because he's that valuable right now. He's what, 25, 26 years old. Um, you know, you see what this team can do with them. Uh, you can make an argument about a Herbert or a Lawrence being right there just because of their age and how good they are. Um, we really don't know how good Trevor Lawrence is. He's been playing. Curry's still out. Curry's still out, but let's be real. Um, the jury, I, I don't think the jury's still out on Justin Herbert either. I think he's going to make a huge leap. But that aside, uh, you, 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 you pay Josh Allen what he deserves. And here's the thing, a little guaranteed money if, if you know, freak, freak, freak accident happens. You got Mitchell Trubisky there in the backup. That's something you can talk about. There's that a little was, uh, It was – it was – such a, I don't even want to call it fun. It was like a weirdly hilarious move when the Bills brought in Mitch Trubisky this offseason. Great move, though, if you really think about I, it. I mean, he's like uh, a really, really poor man, like a homeless man's Josh Allen. I guess you could say that. <laughs> I mean, he is a little mugged. Well, well, why else would they, they – I think they brought him in because obviously – Obviously, he's not anywhere near Josh Allen. I'm not saying that. I like, but I do think they brought him in kind of because they feel he's a similar type player, and that they they wouldn't have to completely overhaul the offense if, you know, God forbid, Josh Allen were to were to tear his ACL or something like that. They would kind of still be able to. Obviously, they're much more limited with Mitch Trubisky than Josh Allen, but they can kind of still do what they do a little bit. And, and you know what's kind of a um, really, really, really underrated pickup that I, I'll be honest with you, I forgot until I just saw on their depth chart. I completely forgot they got Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, yeah, I was going to bring it up. I, I mean, that totally bolsters up um, that wide receiving room. Especially Emmanuel, Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders has been like... Kind of a journeyman. He, like A journeyman. I feel like he's just been kind of disrespected for, for years. I mean, he's been, a, he's been a decent, solid NFL receiver for the better part of a decade now. And, uh, he was a star for a little while. I mean, for like a couple of years in Denver, for sure. And that he had a decent season last year in New Orleans. And Emmanuel Sanders is a guy, you know, I remember 
Patriots tried to sign him to an offer sheet years ago and, and he ended up going elsewhere and I was pretty disappointed about it, but yeah, Emmanuel Sanders is definitely a good, it's another one of those signings that he, he brings obviously a good, a good presence off the field as well as on the field, uh, you know, for a young guy like a Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie guys that are kind of still finding their way in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, you saw Gabe Davis make a lot of plays. I believe something happened to Isaiah McKenzie. I can't remember what it is, but I do Plus think he's questionable right now. I yeah, I, I, I'm seeing that, but I do remember seeing something happen to him. I do want to touch on Cole Beasley for a little bit because people, uh, you know, you never really know what's going to happen with him at this situ- right now um, in their current situation. So I think uh, bringing in Emmanuel Sanders is great. But if the three of them are playing against Stephon Diggs, obviously, we haven't spoken a word about, but he's – don't even need to. Don't even need to. If him, Emmanuel Sanders, and Cole Beasley kind of in the slot are playing together, that's a dangerous receiving core. And you know they go five wide. And again, yeah, Gabe Davis and uh, Dawson Knox, who had a really good year last year. That 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 that's an offense. That's an offense. And I I was looking at the schedule for the Patriots um before. You're damn lucky you're not playing them while uh Stephon Gilmore's out. Yeah, I mean, that being said, we have to play Tampa Bay. <laughs> So, I mean, like, that, that'll just be a loss. And you do have to play Dallas as well, which is going to be a tough matchup. Yeah. Uh, I, I really – oh, man, I really don't want to lose to Dallas. But I, who the hell is going to cover all these guys? <sighs> it's going to be an interesting game, though. Stephon Gilmore, last time we played Dallas, which was, la, la, uh, you know, now two years ago. Four years uh, ago. No, 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 because it's like – it was what two years ago? This your added game? Yeah, it's our added game. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Then then it would be. We played you guys ago. in Philly two years ago. Remember? Maybe two years or, ago. Uh, remember, right. Julian Edelman threw a touchdown in that game, and we should have won that game if it wasn't for Nelson <laughs> But and, yeah, I mean, it was Brady. So Brady's last year was uh was the last time we played down. Hey, recall, uh, Stephon Gilmore. I don't know if you remember that game. It was a rainy day in New England. Stephon Gilmore took Amari Cooper literally out of the game. I do remember that now that you uh, say it, 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 it was so bad that on the final drive where Dallas was trying to string something together to send the game to overtime, literally Amari Cooper was standing on the sideline. Stephon Gilmore just made him a, a, a completely obs. It was probably that I would maybe say Stephon Gilmore's best performance as a Patriot, at least right up there. He literally made a, Amari Cooper completely obsolete. It was kind of funny to watch, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. I, I don't know who obviously you bring in Sean Wade for some depth and you have a guy like Jawan Williams, who's kind of been, been that guy from, from Vanderbilt. He's kind of ridden the bench the past couple of years since he's been drafted. It's going to be some interesting names in, in the secondary, trying to, trying to guard a lot of these teams with spectacular receiving cores. I, I don't feel great about it, honestly, but you know, we just got to ride the ship until Gilmore gets back. And I think, I think it probably you're you got like a top twelve ish defense without Gilmore, and then I think you ride it out. You go maybe f- if you can go four and two in the first that's, six games, even three and three, fantastic. even three and three, that's more than fine. And then Gilmore comes back, and I think instantly makes you like a top seven or eight defense in the league. Right. But I mean that being said, we're getting right back onto the Patriots. But yeah, anyway. Um, for- I mean, what's really been said? What what is there really to be said about the Bills that there hasn't been? I think this is. Right, just going on what they had before. I think the, 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 I mean, the one thing is it's, it's, let's take the next step. Let's take the next step. Let's, uh, you know, start to perform in the playoffs. Cause is that they you think that, I mean, they made the AFC championship and they, you know, it's not like they got, they got 
blown out or anything like that, but it wasn't a particularly close game. I can't. But it wasn't a good performance either. You know, and it kind of seemed like the the moment was a little bit big for him, which is understandable. But do you think they they get over that hump this year? Get over the Chiefs hump? Are you? I I guess I'm asking you. Do you think the Bills are going to win the AFC? No, but do I think it's possible? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if I'm a betting man right now, who's going to win the AFC? It's going to be the Chiefs. But um, they're right behind them. Them and the Browns. They're right behind them. Agree. I like. I don't. It's like it's just hard because you you achieved so much last year, and you, like by getting to the AFC Championship, and yes, you end up the season doesn't end how you want it to. You you end up losing to Patrick Mahomes. It's just like that next step is like such such a huge like giant leap of a step because they've already kind of almost gotten to the top. Yeah, I I, I mean they're they're the only place to go is up. And if I had to be a bag man, I, I, I would bet that they're either going to go right there or lose in the divisional round. Yeah, I, 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 I'd, I, I'd, I'd love to see them take that next step and, uh, and make the Super Bowl. That'd be awesome if the Bills win the Super Bowl, but um, time will tell. So much of it depends on – I think a lot of it depends on New England as well. I mean, uh, obviously, there was just – they were kind of just in the rear view for Buffalo in, uh, in 2020, and I, I really don't think that's necessarily going to be the case in 2021. I, I think they're they, – it's not – They're a competitor. Yeah, it's I, the I, Bills I think... division to lose, obviously, but uh, it's not like we're going – I'm not going into this – I said I said at the start of this I think they're going to win the division, which I do think they're going to win the division, but I don't think it's like a slam dunk guarantee. They're not going to they're not going to cruise to the division title is what I'm saying essentially. I don't think they'll cruise either. I think that you got two teams in this division that are good enough to uh, challenge them on any given Sunday. So I would agree. Yeah. So I and then and then the Jets. But moving on from that. Um, you gotta, you know, so uh, I, I'm going to say well, you want to do the Jets now because uh, I, I, I don't want to just end off with like <laughs> it's what we did with the AFC South and the Texans. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Actually, no. He started with the Texans, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. But yeah, let's let's talk about the New York Football Jets. Um, so I will say that the Jets are definitely trending in the right direction. They got their quarterback. Zach Wilson looks awesome. Uh, Rob Sala looks like a guy that players respect. Um, and you know what? If you if we did this three weeks ago, and you know, you saw Carl Lawson's like, I'm excited to be a Jet. Times are different here, etc. I was looking at the Jets. Like, obviously, they're going to finish last in this division whether whatever has happened the last few weeks happened or not but i was like you know what they're really looking up they're not going to be the one win team and there's i still don't think they're going to be that one win team anymore i don't either but um i think the injury to carl lawson like really 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 hurt this team it puts uh it puts a big damper on things it puts, a, little, it puts a huge damper on things uh, and, and and if you i love what they've done this offseason i mean bringing in an elijah vera tucker trading up to, with the vikings to bring him in you're bolstering that line keelan cole's in this offense now Corey davis is on this offense now Tevin coleman's on this offense now again obviously zach wilson is you know heading the fort here um i i do also want to bring up something else that's happened over the last uh, few weeks mckay beckton came into camp at 40 pounds overweight overweight yeah Really? Yeah. Is that like... Uh, I read that somewhere, yeah. Is that like... I, I hadn't heard anything about that. Yeah. Um, I, I either read that or I heard it on like... W- Already, uh, that's, a, that's, that's a big dude. A big dude. Uh, apparently, uh, yeah, he, he, he's out with an injury now, so... Huh. 
I thought, I mean, I'm a big believer in Robert Sala. I think this was a slam dunk hire for the Jets. Oh, 100%. I, I think the Jets kind of really through our entire lifetime. Yes, there was two anomaly years with Rex Ryan where they made back-to-back AFC championships, but the Jets, and I say our entire lifetime, really since since 1969, have had this culture problem where they're just they're the Jets, you know, they're, they're, they, they're a loser organization. I, maybe that sounds harsh, but I don't think there's a they're better a loser way organization. It's not they're harsh. It's honestly. I mean, CJ Mosley was hanging out in Tuscaloosa instead of playing football last year. I mean, that, that, that mentality is just, right. I mean, and you know, uh, our, our recency bias is showing a little bit because Adam Gase has been the head coach for the past couple of years. I mean, but, even before that though, I mean, of course. Like, I, I think it's just Who you know. Was kinda... Before Adam Gase, the Todd Bowles, I, I believe it was yes. Todd Bowles, and, and they, they weren't are... a bad team. I, I think there were a couple times where it was like the Fitzpatrick Jets. They were like really close to the playoffs. Yeah, and like, and you know, even before, it's just like, and it's kind of come to a come to a head. I think that that culture issue with the Adam Gase thing over the past couple of years, just that that no one wants to be there. Everyone is miserable, and it's not obviously they're not winning games because. They haven't won a whole lot of games. They haven't done a whole lot of winning over the over the past few years. Robert Sala, I feel like, is almost like the anti Adam Gase. Oh, uh, why would you say that? I mean, in terms of just like respect and like someone that I would personally respect. He just seems like a guy that people want to play for, and he see like and I and I'll say this about Robert Sala, and maybe this is an oversimplification. The guy just seems like a winner to me. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of see him on a sideline. He's got, you know, he's he's intense. He's chewing gum. He's got his hands on his knees. Like he just oozes. Not okay. He's not Adam Gase. Adam Gase is a loser. Like that's what I'm saying. Like he just strikes me as completely the opposite of Adam Gase. In that, I think that one, his guys want to play for him. Two, I, I I just. I don't know what it, I just, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm just infinitely more confident already with, with Salah on the side. And, and again, you've been, I guess, unspoiled due to the fact that you've had the worst coach in football for the past couple of years. And a guy who just seemed like at most times just didn't care. I feel like no one cares more than Robert Salah. Yeah. Uh, I, I am excited for the culture he's going to bring to that team. I think this, I mean, obviously this year it, it's, it's not going to happen for them, but they're definitely stepping in the right direction. So. They just they, they need to take some steps. This obviously I, I you know I said the culture thing. Obviously I, that's something that you kind of take year one when it's when you're entering a dumpster fire of an organization like that that's had culture problems for literally their their entire Ever, franchise forever. existence. You know the the first thing you you're doing in year one is laying the groundwork for the future yeah. and building your own culture. And, and so and- Again, I don't want to get ahead of myself with the records, but if this if this team can win five games, like that's hell a success. Yeah. I'm sorry, they were what one and fifteen last year, two and fourteen. I think they won two games. They did because because they they choked them. They choked yeah. Trevor Lawrence away. But, well, even uh, if they won one game, they would have choked Trevor Lawrence yeah. again. And uh, way it's, it's just I don't know. I I think Salah is going to be able to come in and kind of build and kind of just turn things around. I don't even mean wins and losses. The attitude, the general attitude in that building. Come to work attitude. Exactly. I feel like already that, that attitude has kind of started to shift a little bit. So I think that's the biggest thing that Salah brings. Keep in mind, that's a damn good defensive football coach too. Oh Uh, yeah. It's not like he's a motivational speaker. (laughs) No. 
Um, and, you know, they have a lot of good um, young defensive pieces, a lot of good young offensive pieces, too. I do I do want to say, and I, and I kind of went over the wide receiver room without even looking at these two names. Um, one, uh, Denzel Mims, one of my um, sleeper picks of last year, he did struggle with injury a lot, and he also was playing for the Jets. So I hope he can uh, turn it up. And Elijah Moore was a great pick for the Jets. So um, I thought that was one of the best picks of the draft. Uh, I'm pretty big on Elijah Moore. Keep in mind, they also drafted um, Michael Carter from UNC at, at the running back position. Yeah. So, and, you know, if you look at the depth chart, Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson are both listed ahead of Michael Carter. I don't think that's going to get on. I, 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 I disagree. I, I think you I think you go by committee until Michael Carter takes off, takes that position for the two of them, probably. And I feel like, on you know, obviously you also uh, you draft Elijah Vera Tucker as well as you're in addition. Which I love that pick. I just thought yeah, I just traded back that left side position. of that line. If Mekhi Beckton could figure it out. I mean, the left side of that line, you know, on paper, that, that's your next 10 years. So. You know, and they have a solid center as well in, in, in Connor McGovern. Obviously, the, the right side kind of leaves quite a bit to be desired in uh, George Fant and Greg Van Roden. But, I, like, again, I, I, clearly Zach Wilson is, is their guy, at least until he proves that he's not. What, are you uh, – what do you think on Zach Wilson's future, future he, outlook? He, I, I, I think if there's ever a situation to fail in, like we said, it's the Jets. But – I mean, Zach Wilson has looked great. I mean, Zach Wilson's the real deal. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I do think so. It, like, the, he's got off-the-charts arm talent, which, you know, we've seen before, i.e. Jamarcus Russell does not guarantee you success in the NFL arm talent. I mean, Jay Cutler, I mean, he's, I mean, he had a cannon, but, like, I think Zach I, Wilson cares a little bit more than Jay Cutler. I think uh, this is kind of – Wait, what? Jay, Jay Cutler would be the best quarterback the Jets have had since Joe, since Joe Namath. I think I think there are a lot of Jets fans who would be all right if uh, if Zach Wilson had a similar career to Jay Cutler. But I, I, I was going to bring this up. It's kind of really off topic. I was listening to The Herd like a week ago, and he's just like, Drew Locke reminds me of Jay Cutler, where it's like they have a lot of talent, but they both just kind of don't. They don't care. There's not a lot of urgency there. There's I don't think that's really fair to say yet about Drew Locke, but it's but the ur- it's the urgency when you wa- when when you watch it. And I'm saying what he's saying when you watch a play, when you watch Peyton Manning get under center, it's this is important. And I I, I don't know when I watch Drew Locke play, it just gives me kind of Cutler vibes where it's like, eh, I'm here, I'm playing, we- I care, but I'm here. I don't know how we got sidetracked to Jay Cutler and Drew. It was Locke. me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I like. I'm a believer in Zach Wilson. I it's just I don't I, I don't know. There's I, there's there's something that's holding me back from from being fully sold on him. Maybe it's just the fact that he's playing for the Jets. Um, I I, I don't think you're wrong at all in feeling that way. Just because I, you could have you know Joe Montana come into last year's Jets team and probably struggle. So like, and like I don't know. I do I do think they've gotten better. Uh, in in a lot of areas, but I, if I'm Period. not mistaken, not even the future, they're a better team than they were last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, in every lot, area. pretty much, pretty much in 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 every area. I I don't really I don't really like their their secondary at all. But moving forward, pass rush is okay. I mean, Quinton Williams, I'm still waiting for him to kind of become that guy worthy of the third third overall pick that he was drafted with, but. uh is is, is is he um like healthy? I remember when I saw him. By the way, met Quinton Williams. Uh, at a Yankees game. It's questionable. Um, yeah, listen, it's questionable. But he was in a boot, and this was, I believe, late June. So when I saw him, he was in a boot. I believe it was late June. So 
Uh, looks like he got cleared two weeks ago, at least. Okay. So I think he's been at least practicing. He'll be um, playing so week one, hopefully. I would assume, hopefully, he'll be he'll be playing week. And by one. the way, little little Quinton Williams uh, side tangent before I believe we'll probably move on to the Dolphins. Um, so yeah, I saw him at a Yankees game, um, and he goes into the stands, comes back with like a box of hot, like not like a, tr- a box of hot dogs. It was like five or six of them, and they were gone in a half inning. Like that is a massive massive man oh he's like he i love quentin williams and he's so he was so nice he's not he seems like a really genuine funny guy like he he like have you you ever heard the video of him sneezing in the interview and he said bless you to himself and then he goes thank you (laughs) yeah i mean it's he's just he's a clown i I love quentin williams in the best way possible yeah i i I hope he can uh i hope he can kind of become that that elite player and take that next step this year. But yeah, I mean, I don't have much else on the jets. Like you said, if they can win five or six games, that's a huge victory for yeah, them. If they, if they can win six games, people, I think people are going to be saying, Hey, like the jets may, may make a leap. Now I, I, and, and we do, and we do bring um, up all the young quarterbacks in this division. And we'll probably segue to um, Miami to finish this off soon. But um, I think this division has potential to be one, like probably the best division in football going forward. I've been saying, man, for the past two years, it's like once Buffalo emerged, it's like this AFC East, yeah, it's gone from the Patriots have been beating up on it for 20 years, but – this is one of the best divisions in football. I, I don't you get see good how coaching all around too. Like you have four solid coaches. I don't see how you could make the art. You can I've, NFC West. If you want to say that's the best division in football, fine. But I, this is, this is a top two division. Yeah. But th- th- that's two aging teams already to me. And then Fair, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. because I mean, the Rams, the Rams are here, but they're not getting any younger and the Seahawks. I mean, Russell Wilson's kind of their pulse. So. Yeah, three years down the line, I think you're – especially if Zach Wilson pans out, that's that's could be four good teams. Yeah. Uh, you want to go to the Dolphins, though? Yeah, I mean, I, it, again, I'm not, not much else to say on the Jets if, uh, you know, five or six games is what they should be striving for. But, yeah, so last team in the division who I guess, uh, you know, you said earlier that this Mac Jones thing changes your standing predictions a little bit. I, um, I would assume it'd be in the two and three versus. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you have a one, you have a probable one, you have an almost definite four, and you're two and three. I, I, I mean, look, I, uh, they're, they're, they're very, uh, it's very difficult for me to pick between these two teams, but I, I guess we'll just start with the Miami Dolphins. I, I, I love the Jalen Waddle pick. I think I think a lot of people. I think it was interesting because Jalen Waddle was kind of your first or second receiver, depending on where you had Jamar Chase. Um, up until he got hurt, and then it was Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith. Now he ends up going third, but I I, I think bringing in Jalen Waddle to this offense with an um, Devontae Parker, who's kind of really slept on, Albert Wilson, who I've always um, been pretty high on. I thought uh, Will Fuller is suspended with I think it's like a PED thing. I think uh, Mike Asiki. Will, the thing with Will Fuller, it was six games, but it was from last year. I believe he's only missing week one this year. Oh, okay. Okay. So he's there. Yeah. Um, look, this offense, and I, I I don't know if you asked me on the show or off the show on our NFC East preview who, who I would take at the three. And the reason I'm probably going to put the Patriots above the Dolphins is because I like Mac Jones better than I like Tua. But I yeah. will say that, I mean, this defense, uh, especially with Gilmore out, is looking probably just as good, if not better than yours. At least with Gilmore out, it looks better than yours. 
Um, I would agree. I, I, I for now, I would agree. I, the thing with the pay, I think the Patriots will, you know, and again, the Gilmore being out for six games really does hurt. You know, they're going to emerge later when Mac gets more yeah. comfortable and everybody gets, more, gets healthier. I, I, I wouldn't be completely shocked to see the Patriots have like a little bit of a rough start to the season. Like, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be completely shocked with a two and four start, something like that. Yeah. Uh, just due to the fact that I got Gilmore being out is just so huge. It's, it really does take us from one of the best defenses in the league to like a, to like a pretty good defense. upper middle of the back. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's, it is really unfortunate and difficult, but it is what it is. I mean, like I, like I said, I, I'm, I don't doubt Belichick has known that that's going to be the case for, you know, weeks now. So I'm sure he's been planning something for it, but yeah. Uh, so I, I would agree that right now the Dolphins probably have a, a better looking defense. Yeah, keep in mind, uh, you know, you, you lose one, you take him away from the Patriots and put him on the Dolphins. They brought in Jason McCourty this off season, yeah, they did. Uh, you know, he's not, you know, he's not like uh, an X factor or anything at this point in his career, but you know, he's a solid player and he's an awesome locker room dude as well. I, you know, I, I'm really glad. I'm really glad. Yeah, both of them are. I'm really, you know, it's pretty awesome that they did get to play the three years together that they got to play, and they won a Super Bowl together. The dream they've they've dreamed of. Devin and Jason have dreamed of playing with each other for you know since their days at Rutgers, and uh, you know it, it, it was a tough a tough a tough thing to see uh, Jason leave and be separate from his brother. But you know at least they'll get to see each other twice a year still. Yeah, and I, I think something to, to um, not forget about with this Miami team is, I mean, they obviously collapsed week 17 last year, but they were like a playoff. They, I mean, I mean, the AFC was just so stacked last year, but they were like totally a playoff team. So um, yeah. it, 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 I, it, it's really hard for me. And the, I, I really don't know where I'm going to go um, two and three because it's really hard for me to just look at this team and say they're not going to get better. I mean, if they don't, it's probably on the quarterback and then you have a quarterback issue. But um there were these rumors like the this past week, and I I don't take much into them, but there were a lot of rumors say. this past week of uh of a Deshaun Watson to Miami trade. That would be unreal. Is that, is that not what you thought I was going to say? It was, it was, it was. Uh, and, I I have seen that. And like I don't actually think there's much to it, but uh, I I think that that's maybe possibly a team that Deshaun Watson has like said behind closed doors that he'd be willing to play for. But I do think that. I don't. I don't think they're they're already actively looking to replace two. I think they're they're, they're oh, willing. No, to no. They put a lot of stock in him. I think Tua needs to take a major step this year for that to be convinced for them to be convinced that he's their guy going forward. But you did draft them with a top five pick a year ago. Yeah, no, he's 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 definitely their guy unless he, you know, stays the same or even takes a step back. Even if he does stay the same, I think you probably give him a year three. Like, yeah. Um, because if yeah. they, if, because here's the situation: if, if if he does kind of stay the same as he was, you're still, you know, ten and seven, nine and eight. That's what they were last year. Ten and six, I believe it was, or nine and seven. Yeah, so. you just don't want that to be like kind of the reason you're not hey, like uh, the reason that's holding you. But back. where do you go? But where do you go? That's the thing. I think. Let's, you go let, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Or or or. Or maybe you make a push for an Aaron Rodgers or someone like that. Oh, I, I, I think that Chris Greer and the Dolphins are gonna are gonna look to all avenues to uh, to upgrade a quarterback if Tua doesn't at least show them you know something this year. Yeah, uh, I don't know. 
I, I, I do think this is, again, a, a really good team. We just kind of underperformed in that last game, and they kind of fell. I mean, you put this team in the NFC. They're a playoff team last year. A lot of this rides on Tua, I, I, if not all of it. Uh, I, I really think it rides I think all on Tua. I don't think it's unfair to say all of it rides on Tua. Like, just due to the fact that I think they're very solid on defense. We saw what they are last year. You know, they have a more than formidable defense, but. Yeah, it was that. That was the big well, issue. Well, well and I and I think in Tua's defense, and you bring this up a lot. It's not like you know, it wasn't like, all his fault. Well, 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 people are like, he's got no arm. He can only do what he's told he can do. They, they quite literally like did not let him throw the ball down the field. And you know, I've been watching him in preseason. Obviously, you know, it's preseason, whatever. You don't you don't want to take stock into it. Fine, I do take stock in the preseason at least a little bit. Again, I'll tell you what there wasn't a preseason cam newton would still be on the new england patriots but uh you know with regards to that too it seems like he's been slinging it a little bit more in uh in this pre he looks more comfortable he just looks like more of an nfl quarterback and uh you know obviously <laughs> obviously that's what you'd like to see out of your out of your number five overall uh starting quarterback and i do think he definitely takes some sort of leap this year so yes i mean yes. he's too talented he's not to he was, he was he was bad in 2020. There's not really another way to say it. And I, again, I don't think it's all on him. I don't think he really had the targets to throw down the field or the play calling to throw down the field. But again, he, he you know, he wasn't good. He, he, he didn't really show. But it is his second year. Much of anything. Yeah. I mean, second played, year. played eight games and keep in mind, you know, the man's career almost ended less than a year prior to him stepping on an NFL football field. I mean, not less than a year, like a year and a half, but, um, I mean, he really didn't have – Yeah, I mean, and you could say that this means he doesn't have it to begin with, but he didn't really have any business being on the field last year. There was no reason to bench Fitzpatrick. Well, yeah, I mean, Fitz, I mean, Fitzpatrick starts or continues playing, I think this might be a playoff. Yeah, which is like – which is unfortunate to say just because, you know, you, you would hope that the guy you drafted fifth overall – He was a rookie. He was a rookie. Yeah, I mean – as our, as our friend Owen says, you know, chop, chop. <laughs> I feel that way a lot about, I, I I mean, I put it out on our Twitter, by the way, follow the Twitter, throw a teapot. I put it out oh, on our Twitter. <laughs> we did forget to mention it at the beginning, but it's all right. Um, uh, I did mention uh, that I, I think there's a trend in the NFL where like, you know, you look at a Pittsburgh Steelers and they hold on to a big bet when clearly they could be more successful with another quarterback. Um I don't want to, you know, go down the rabbit hole. It's that thing where you hold on to a player. I think Tua Tagovailoa, if anyone, is very much worth, you know, holding on to. It, it's 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 not chop chop when the guy was, you know, probably not playing football a couple of years ago. He's just come into a situation. He's learning the NFL game. Give him another year. It's worth it in this situation. It's not like he's been around for three. I think the Patriots are going to make him look not great week one. We'll I like uh, I, I like I like the idea of Belichick with six months to prepare for for him. I, I don't know. I just I just Belichick notoriously is uh or at least rookie quarterbacks notoriously perform horrendously against the Patriots. And I and I'm pretty much still considering to a rookie quarterback. Obviously, I think he's probably leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of rookies mentally in the game, but just in terms of you know straight game action, he, he might as well still be a rookie. Uh so 
I, I feel pretty good about, about what Belichick, even without Gilmore is going to, is going to cook up for, uh, for week one. I, I, you know, I hesitate to say this cause Mac Jones is still, we don't really know what he's going to be, but that could be my lock of the week. Week one. I, I really do. Feel wow. Good. I really, yeah, I can't say that. That's too much, too much personal bias is attached to that, but I really do feel good about week one. I would give you my lock of the week, but I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Um, yeah, we, we'll do a, week, a whole week one preview yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, anything else? On records? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, the only other thing on on the Dolphins is, yeah, you mentioned Jalen Waddell. Uh, I do think that's that's going to be big for Tua to kind of have a guy who is elite, an elite route runner, short, medium, deep, where like wherever, wherever Tua wants to put the ball, Jalen Waddle will be there. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I, I think that that'll, he'll help tremendously. He has a, uh, he's got a couple of injury scares this preseason. Jalen Waddle has uh you know, he, he, it almost looked like he was about to get carted off in the, for an ankle injury, which we know that's what he hurt last year at Alabama. Yeah. And then three plays later, he was back on the field. It, it, it's very strange. Kind of, kind of both of them. They're uh, you never know what's going on down there, especially with your first, your first round pick that just again, like we said, was just hurt. You probably, it's probably caution. I don't know. Yeah, I some durability concerns or whatever. But I, I, I would, I, I hope Jalen Waddle stays healthy, man. He is just a spectacular football oh, player. Uh, one of. I, I I might go so far as to say he he's my favorite non quarterback that that I've watched at Alabama in my time here. He he he's just that that fun to watch and and that uh, electrifying and and he can really not do Najee it. Harris, not Devontae Smith. No, not Najee's Najee and Devontae are right there. You know the thing with Devontae, Devontae gets screwed a little bit in, in the in the context of my favorite Alabama. I don't think Devontae really cares. I'm saying uh, <laughs> I, he gets, he gets screwed a little oh, bit. Damn it. Yeah, he's like Devontae gets screwed a little bit just due to the fact that I only got to go to two games last year. If I was at every, if I was at every home game, I think it'd be difficult to say anyone but Devontae just due to the fact. I, mean, I just didn't get to watch him in dominate in the stadium as much as I did like Najee and Waddle and all that. that so, but you know, yeah, I'm sure Devontae Smith is is uh you know kicking cans in his room over over not being as highly ranked in in my head of Alabama lore, but. Anyway, moving on from that. Yeah, that's that's about the last thing I got on the Dolphins. Great defense. We'll see, you know, two is the big question mark. If uh if he can figure it out though, this is a damn dangerous team. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll go into records uh first. Um we'll both have Buffalo at the top. Yeah, what you got I, going? I have 12 and 5. Yeah, 12 and 5 or 13 and 4, I think is fair. Yeah. Um, you know, the AFC East plays a tough schedule this year. Um yeah. it's gonna for them to win more than more than 12 games but 12 12 should be uh yeah it may maybe in years past it wouldn't have been enough 12 12 should be enough to more get than enough done. should be more yeah. than enough um yeah. i'll let you I'll, I'll let you go first uh you know i'm not putting you know i'm not putting the patriots below second in this division yeah, I, I i i know you're not what, what's per, your... personal bias aside uh i i i do like the i <sighs> Man, I like Mac better than Tua, and maybe that's because I'm a, maybe that's because I'm a Patriots fan. But I, I don't know, man. I, I I really do. When Gilmore returns and this defense kind of gets their feet under him, if Mac, you know, I I think Mac is going to be the type of thing where he gets more comfortable every single week. And you know, I think he might. There might be some some growing pains at first. I think he'll he'll start to realize that oh, this isn't college anymore. I can't just you know, look at a guy and, and, and force it in there and, and he's going to be there to catch it because, you know, it's just, it's just a, the nature of the game. It's a lot faster. 
guys are going to make plays on defense that they just simply aren't going to make in college. There will be some, and you know, he has barely even in the preseason really played against starters. So I, I think there'll be some, I wouldn't be surprised if he threw a couple picks week one or something like that. But that being said, I, I, I think he's going to get stronger over the course of the season, right around the time Gilmore is coming back. And I think the Patriots are going to hit their uh, November, December stride. And I think they're going to finish the season off really well. I'm saying 10 and seven for the Pats. Uh, I do like Mac uh, better than Tua, but he is a rookie. And uh, the, the Gilmore thing is a killer. I, I, I do think these are two potential playoff teams. I, I think the AFC stacked yet again. But I'm gonna oh. have to after talking to, after talking about this, it just comes down to the fact that I think two is gonna get better, and I think Max just in year one, and I'm gonna go Dolphins too. At ten and seven as well. Yeah, and I and, and you and you know what? I don't want to do this just for the sake of the video, but I think they're gonna both go ten and seven. Uh, and I'm just gonna say Dolphins too because I think there's a like it's like a, whatever second and third is. I mean, you could you could take any combination of Patriots, Dolphins, second and third, but I think ten and seven and nine and eight going to be what it is. Uh, um, maybe they both have 10 and 7, but... We're going to look ahead a second on the Week 18, because please tell me this is the matchup. Please, please. please. I, actually, I actually think it is. Now, our... It is! It is! Yeah. It is! Week 1 and Week 18. Hell yeah, yeah. So I think that's that could easily decide a wild card spot. It could, Are and you're... it's unfortunate that it's going to be in Miami. I mean, historically, uh, you know, more, more so in the Brady era, but Historically, the Patriots have struggled a little bit in Miami. Better, better to take them on in, in December in Miami, I'll say, than uh, you know in September where it's going to be ninety five degrees. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Although, uh, I, I, I think I think we're going to see two very different teams week one to week eighteen. Obviously, that is like four and a half months down the line. But yeah, I. I... You know, and there's also the point of I, I'd like to see uh, Miami have to come up to Foxborough in, in December, but you know maybe there'll be a third playoff matchup. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, you brought up the AFC is just so stacked. So it, I, I don't I don't think it's really possible that we see three teams from from one division make uh, making the playoffs. So I really do think I think one of the Patriots and Dolphins is going to win that. Uh, you know, maybe it's the second, maybe it's the third wild card spot. Whatever it is, I think it's going to one or the other, and uh, it could be Week 18 could be the decider. I believe I believe it will be, and then last, the yes, Jets. We both have the Jets. How I'm many? How, how, how many wins do you think they're going to get? Five, six, six, six and eleven for the I'm Jets. Five. I'm five. I'm five. And that's that, hey, they they, they would have doubled their wins, so and and some, so and like I don't know, five, you know, five would be pretty great for them this year. Like, like we said for the jets, I mean, it's year one with a new coach when you've struggled with a culture issue for your entire franchise's existence is about laying the groundwork for the future. So you win five or six games this year, your guys are playing hard for you. If I'm a jets fan, I'm, I'm pretty thrilled with that. As long as Zach Wilson looks at least. Okay. Yeah. And I think they're in a situation where it's not really exactly about winning games it's about looking good and looking like they've made some progress looking like an nfl roster because let's be honest the first half of last year they they didn't look like they belonged on an nfl field oh no so i mean i mean if they can stay competitive and you know maybe maybe challenge the patriots and dolphins in a couple games don't get completely blown out in every division game i'm more than happy if i'm a jets fan with that i would agree so i mean that's probably 
Wow, I mean, hour ten minutes here the, uh, to to close out our, our longest podcast. one to close out the last one of a really fun series that I'm glad we did. I wish, awesome. I wish we could have. Um, uh, I wish our lives weren't so hectic. We could have done it like all this week and like you know get, yeah. had a little bit more of an informed um, take on some of the earlier divisions. But I had a lot of fun doing it. Now, the next show we come at you guys with is probably going to be week one preview. There's there's, there's nothing there's, else to talk about. There's nothing else. It's football fucking season. And I'm sorry for the expletive, but oh my God, I'm just so excited. It is football season. We uh, start, uh, it's a Thursday night banner ceremony. It's the Cowboys and the Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And I'm really excited for that one. I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, And then we got week one. And we'll get it all, all into it. I don't want to talk about it too much because we have we gotta we gotta go talk about week one when week one happens. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to discuss like some kind of some kind of time limit per game. Otherwise, we're gonna end up with a two and a half hour week one preview that no one's gonna listen to. No. Not um, that many people listen regardless, but well, well, maybe they'll start listening. Follow yes. us on Twitter. If throw you- a deep pod um at that. Um I, I I've had a lot of fun doing it so far. Uh we're gonna continue doing that. Um the Twitter yeah. is where you can really get uh, the the bite sized TID takes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole whole episode. You know, we're gonna be we're gonna try to stay really active on there throughout the season and kind of so you guys can kind of if you want to hear our hear our thoughts on uh, on different things. I'm sure game day will be fun there too. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna kind of probably be annoying, but uh, if you're if you're following because we're gonna have both of us in separate locations logged into the Twitter tweeting things about the Patriots and the Eagles. But what I mean, I'll probably try to keep the Patriots tweets to my personal account for the most part, but uh, just just for the sake of sheer volume. But uh, I mean, anyway, yeah, I I have really enjoyed doing this as well. We've run through all eight divisions. I, I feel like we've gotten a pretty solid show on each. Uh, I, I like the fact that uh, that we decided to kind of attack the offseason since the draft this way, and it's it really has been a blast. So we'll see you guys probably about a week from now with a week one. Week one, baby. See you guys. Let's count down the days. Roll Tide. Y'all have a good one. Go Birds.